Hi, hey there. What's up, cutie? My name is Brittany Marie, and you're listening to My Next Era, the cheeky rom-comantic podcast for creative misfits and rebellious dreamers. Here, I talk about living life as the main character. I talk about stepping into the person that you are becoming, about facing what you resist, about embracing the story that you tell and really aligning with the identity that you are pulling for yourself. So much of what is at the heart of these conversations is based around the glow up. And when we get into that place where we are coming off of a breakup, whether it is a breakup of a romantic relationship or a job, or you've just moved, or I don't know, you've, you've, you've let something go within your life, even if it's by choice or by not, that can feel very mournful. It can also feel like a great opportunity or perhaps just an opportunity to now become the person that you've always wanted to be. Hence what I mean when I say a glow up. And so navigating through that, finding your way to this amazing, wonderful person that you are and that you've always known yourself to be is such a wonderful, engaging, soulful, nourishing process, but it takes a lot of challenging. It takes a lot of discernment. It takes a lot of looking around you and figuring out is this for you or is it not? And that's a lot of what I want to feel here within this episode and the story that I want to be telling within the storytelling era. Really getting into what is the story that we are telling ourselves and that we are telling to the world. Later on in this episode, I'm going to have a wonderful guest for you. She's a copywriter. Her name is Taylor LaCours. And she's going to come on and she's going to give you her insights. And we're going to have those different conversations about what it means to tell a story within both the kind of sense of self and also copywriting slash professional spaces. Because I'm thinking about you, Creative Misfits and Rebellious Dreamers and kind of those business need hows informations that we're wanting to dive into, which is essential when it comes to really getting to the point where we are landing our sales, where we are able to make the money that feels nourishing and where we feel like we're actually getting to where we want to be in our businesses. It all comes and starts and surrounded by the story that we are telling within our businesses. So before we can get really clear on that, this is my hot take, I think we have to be really clear on our sense of self. And that's why I think the storytelling era is so important. It's also (laughs) the day that this is released. It's the day before my six-month mark of when I made my great decision, that great leap in ending my relationship and diving into this glow up, this person that I wanted to become. I gave myself six months to really dive in, you know, (laughs) kind of be hard on myself And really sail into this. And it has been a crazy bumpy ride. I expected myself to be in a better place than I was when I had started. And I think that's true. Technically, I am in a better place than I was when things first started. But I would not necessarily say that I am in a good place. (laughs) It's been very hard. I've been struggling a lot. My tears have finally come back to me. And I have been crying a lot. I have been very emotional over romantic nothingness. (laughs) I have been very emotional about the stress in my life, about 
my business, about my creative pursuits, about really just kind of the balance of everything. And, you know, I have gotten closer to meeting my goals, but I did not necessarily meet all of my goals within these six months. Now, again, is my life so much better than it was before? Hell yes, but it's still not where I thought I would be. And I want to discuss this element of deluluness when it comes to telling your story and actually how it needs to really be there in order for you to take those steps and for you to make this happen. If I wasn't delusional, if I didn't think that I would be able to reach this great height on February 21st, I don't know if I would have made this leap. I don't know if I would have done it. In fact, I don't think I would have had. So having that delusion and stepping into those fantasies and believing them so firmly. I mean, here's the situation. I still believe the fantasies and those, you know, quote unquote delusions are still possible. I just need more time. That's all that it is, honey. I just need more time. And the reason why I believe maybe this is just the story that I'm telling myself in the storytelling era The reason why they have not all fully come into fruition just yet is because that list was fucking long, was long. I'm talking like a scroll that just like rolls down onto the floor and goes on for like a mile or so. The things that I have had to work through, the things that I have had to face, the shadow work, the things that I am still resisting. I made the resistance audit. I have been practicing with the resistance audit. If you haven't gotten the resistance audit, by the way, I mean, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping on this? It's for free. You can get the link in the show notes. The bada bing, bada boom. You're going to love it. It's going to really get you to face, again, what it is that you resist and head it on full steam ahead. But I think because I had such a big list of everything that I've been doing to self-sabotage myself, I've had to really dive in and get uncomfortable and get uncomfortable and get uncomfortable to the point where I think I actually maybe did it a little bit too hard. (laughs) And I am, again, in such a place of stress I think part of that is due to the demands that I put on myself for this glow up. Part of that is due just to life circumstances and life changes and needing to be able to, you know, figure out how do I get all my needs to be met as a single lady now? Hello, hello, hello. You know, it's just, you know, basically just being an adult. (laughs) It's just, you know, being an adult. (laughs) It's, you know, just whatever. It's just, it's just being an adult. And, uh, you know, so, so I'm really now at the end of this six months, my health is far better than it, than it was. I feel almost completely recovered. I have so much more energy now. My relationship with food is incredible. I feel confident in the things that I eat. I don't shame myself anymore for when I have little treats here and there. I have lost a significant amount of weight. I don't want to say how much it is because I don't know. I just, I just, don't want to say it but it's it's a it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot and I will be continuing to lose weight on the other side of February 21st I will still be continuing and moving forward within my health you know my sense of I and learning about who I am um, has been so powerful and figuring out what my needs are and I'm still kind of blown away at times just this morning I had to communicate with people in my life where my needs turns out my needs aren't being met and that's part of the reason why I'm stressed 
and having to invest so much time and heart into this area and having it feel more like a burden than a relief or an expression and articulating that and talking about that, you know, I'm still learning every day exactly what I need for my needs to be met. This is a journey that I could have not cram-packed within six months. That's what I've been implying about having grace when it comes to me needing more time within my story. Because I'm, yes, I have been in the Delulu, but now that I'm at this time marker, I'm really having to face facts and I'm having to face facts in ways that I haven't been able to do before because I've been so much within the Delulu. And so now as I step into the story of who I am and looking at this transformation and looking at all that I have accomplished within my power and my creative process and like to have already had a like snurfuffle (laughs) with someone romantically and learn more about myself through that and through what I am ready for and what relationships are important to me. It looks like to meet certain financial goals within my business. The things that I have learned about myself is just invaluable, invaluable. And so although I may not have gotten to those exact specific goals that I had set on that day in August, I still am on my way to reaching those goals. I just need more time because again, that list was so long was so long and I have come so far. I don't know if I can say that I'm happy, but what I can say is that I am so much fucking happier. And honey, I will take that. I will take that gladly. And the things that I have proven to myself, the things that I have accomplished, and I'm not being specific on these quote unquote things because I'm thinking about when it's been so dark And when I've been terribly emotional and I've been catastrophizing and I've been finding my way back to the light, every time I met a dark moment, I found a way to step back into the light. And being able to do that by myself and learn about all these limiting beliefs that people have had about me and shedding those, letting them be free. So that way who I am is fully dependent upon me and the story that I am writing about myself. I don't even know how to fully articulate how deeply I, I feel into that and my gratitude to myself for taking this big leap and making this happen. Everything will be delivered in its divine timing. Everything will come to fruition. Everything will arise. But it takes more than delusion. It takes facing the facts, figuring out how to balance what we hold within the skies and carry it on the ground. Because leaning fully on in the Delulu is letting that affirmation noise get to you. And that's very important. But when it's affirmation after affirmation after affirmation, if you're not able to see straight what's going on in front of you, then constantly in a place of surrender and not necessarily in a place of control. And the story becomes about what the universe gives to you and not what you are giving you. But then when you lean full into, you know, those facing facts and that comparison, you're letting the trap of what defines you as worthy, you're letting that noise then get to you, which is all these other outside factors of, you know, well, you did this well, or you did this bad, or this is why this isn't working and so on and so forth. And so you're only worthy if you do X, Y, and Z. Not true. You're already worthy. It's just about figuring out what are the specific gears and shifts and things we need to draw within the map, the paths we need to navigate through in order to get to where we are trying to be 
the person that we are trying to become within this story. I have discovered that it's about standing strong in what you want and why you want it, that this is key. And that's why I wanted to lead into this conversation with going back to those identity-based goals and finding your purpose in it. Because here at the storytelling era, that's what we are marrying. We're getting into what is it that you want and why you want it by defining exactly who you are and finding your purpose and being that person. We're writing the story of who you are so you can step into who you've always known yourself to be. When it comes to writing our story, oftentimes I think that we prescribe how events, manifestations, desires, changes have to occur. And that means that we are defining the how. Planning out the how is only helpful when it's helpful. And what I mean by that is like when you're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about the how, but you can't find your way through. And then it feels like you're underneath a rock because you can't find your way through and you just feel absolutely crushed by the inability to move forward. Then once you get to that point, that's when you figure out you have to let go of the how. That's when that's when you reach out for help. That's when you that's when you call someone like me, when you let source, intuition, spirit, whatever come by your side and and turn on that light, that light for you. We wait until it gets to that high action moment. But what if we reached out sooner? What if we realize that it's okay to not do things on our own? What if we realize sooner that the how is not as important as we think it is? The how is just about how do I take this next step? Not all of the steps, just the next step. Everyone says, don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how. The how, and I, I agree. I say this, I've said this a lot. The how is none of your business. But that's to an extent. What I mean by that and what I think a lot of people mean by don't worry about the how is it means don't concern yourself with how you're going to get things done. Meaning, literally, don't worry about it. Don't worry about how everything is going to be. Don't worry about if you get there in six months or if it's eight months don't put all these prescriptions and expectations on how things are supposed to come through choose to make the change choose to become this person and make the commitment to show up to them and to show up to who it is that you are becoming every day that's the how and anytime you think about the how just think about that next step think about what you have to do right now in order to show up to that want, to that why. Again, who is it that you are becoming? And also think about, would they worry about the how? Are they going to be resourceful about it? Are they going to merge that Delulu with facing the facts? Are they going to be tying the skies with what they walk on the ground? Think about who it is that you are becoming and how they navigate the how. Think about what makes them so powerful because what makes them so powerful is what makes you so powerful right now. And that's the story that we're telling. That's the story that we're leaping into. If you're struggling with thinking about your worthiness, if you're struggling with thinking about time commitments, if you're struggling with thinking that you are perhaps too old to do something, I have a great TikTok for you. It's by The Ash Files, who talks a lot about their creative writing process and about navigating their dreams and their aspirations as someone who's not within their 20s. <laughs> this video in particular is talking a lot about how age is just a number, but your story 
is timeless. You're not too old. A big move, new style, different career, starting over. Age is just a number, like those best before dates on canned food. More of a suggestion than a rule, really. The truth is, life doesn't follow a script. It's a wild ride that doesn't care how many candles are on your cake. Every morning is your chance to rewrite the story, to be whoever you want to be, or to be whoever you really are. Sure, it's kind of scary, but you know what's even scarier? Regret. Wishing you'd just taken the leap. So why not jump? And before you start telling me about where others are in their life, remember they're on their path, you're on yours. It's not about being ahead or behind, it's about being right where you are. Each year you've lived isn't just a number. It's road trips, bad jokes, heart-to-hearts, and laugh-till-you-cry moments. It's all about falling down and getting back up. All that, it's your groundwork for whatever bold move you're planning next. The biggest part about that for me is the regret. And it makes me a little emotional to, to listen to that and to think about how... I had settled so much when I turned 30. I thought, yeah, I'm still young, but I'm also in 30. So, you know, it's kind of like it's over. You know, this is the situation. This is the status quo. This is whatever it is. And I just didn't allow myself to really think about growth anymore, any more than what I was already focused on any more than what was allowed within my relationship with what I thought was allowed within me. And now being a little bit older and on the other side of this, I feel so grateful that I decided that that wasn't enough for me, that I realized that I had so much more life to live. There was so much more that I was meant to become and I was meant to be in this lifetime, in this world, simply because I decided, simply because I said it really isn't enough, simply because I acknowledged that I wasn't happy. As you think about the story that you tell about yourself, as you think about what you accept, I want you to think about what it is that you will regret not embracing, what you will regret not becoming, what you will regret not going for within your life. This is something that I've been talking about in a few different areas with a few different friends in that, you know, they'll say, oh, I'll never do this. I'll never be worthy. I'll never make the money. I'll never recover. I'll never find someone. I'll never be good enough for them. And my response to that every time has been, and so it is. And so it is. You have just told a story about yourself in which you will never be. You have decided that it will never be, that you will never be. And so it is done. You decide. If you think that you're not good enough for someone, then you've decided that. That was your choice. You can be good enough for someone. You have to accept that you're worthy. You need to embrace your confidence. You need to do whatever is necessary to step up to be with that person. If you think that you will never recover, then that means that you won't have the emotional capacity to get past it. That means that you won't really truly be happy. That means that you will let something else dictate your emotions. And I forget the other examples that I came up with, but my point is is that you've just decided that this is the situation, so then this is the situation. And that's why it's important, again, to look at, like, what is that Delulu? What is that fantasy? 
what are those affirmations? Yes, take them on, embrace them to the full to the full capacity. But there's also a little bit of an element of like faking it till you make it. Within faking it till you make it, you're the faking part is the delusion part because you haven't fully embraced it yet. And you haven't fully embraced it and embodied it yet because you don't know how to embrace and embody embody it yet. You're still proving to yourself what that looks like and what that's shaped like. And then that's where like the reality part comes in. That's where the facing facts parts come in because then it allows you to actually take action and prove this to yourself over and over. When you start getting to the point where you're just saying you're these things, but you're not actually taking action, that's why you need to start facing facts because you've got to be able to prove it to yourself. You have to be able to prove and show the data that this is truly who you are. It's emerging. So you telling your own story, you weaving your own story is terribly important and making sure that you are not placed in this moment of regret because you said that you were too old or you weren't worthy enough or it was just never going to happen for you. If you say these things, then as I just said, then it is so. Then it is so. I've really come to terms with that everything that at least I do within my life, especially within these six months, has come to be tied with the identity and exactly who I define myself to be. The storytelling era isn't so much about literally writing a story, but it's about the mindsets. It's about the things that you are saying to yourself, the things that you are repeating, what you are phrasing. The storytelling era is about showing yourself empathy, showing yourself that it's possible and making sure that you are not filling your life with regret. And that is the heart of the storytelling era. Now, here pretty soon, we're going to start switching into gears, and we're going to start discussing how we actually go about our storytelling era, not just in within the mindsets and the affirmations and all that good stuff that I was just mentioning, but so much of us, as we are creative misfits and rebellious dreamers, we are writing stories each and every day. You just may not realize it. And every time that you talk about yourself, you're also telling a story. When I bring on our guest Taylor in a little bit, we'll explore what it looks like to write your own story inwardly and exteriorly through the art of copywriting. So think of this as a lens, especially for business-focused baddies. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Most of what we do all day, every day, again, is tell a story. Your captions, your sales pages, your blogs, your newsletters, anything that you are doing to market, you are telling a story always. And so now this episode is shifting gears to get into how to help you tune in and take ownership of the stories that you are telling, especially about yourself and your work. Writing in itself is such a sacred craft. I had learned the art of storytelling when it came to marketing because of my obsession (laughs) with Donald Miller and the brand story framework. But now that I have been on this creative writing journey and I've been learning about the art of storytelling through that certification that I'm doing here in Seattle, I've been learning so much more about what it really means to embrace the story within ourselves. I've never wanted to give up on my growth, on my inner self. When I was the person before, when I had settled, when I had said, oh, I guess this is all my life is going to be. Deep down, I had this hunger that didn't want to give up. 
that didn't want to stop fighting, that didn't want to let go, that didn't want to let go of the person that I have always been striving to become, which is just simply who I authentically am, that magic of myself. I have never wanted to let that go, but I did let her go for a little while. I did surrender. I did say bye. And in these last six months, I'm so proud of myself for fighting to get her back, for fighting to realign with my ambitions, with my views about myself, with how I see my life becoming this great, grand, beautiful, living thing. There's still so much work for me to do. And coming to the end of this six months, that is what that tells me, is that there's still so much work to do. And honestly, there will always be work to do. However much work to do, though, is what I define because I decide because this is my story. For me at this point, because of my goals, because of my vision, because of my hunger, there currently is a lot of things to do. But I, as the storyteller, as the writer of my own story, say I'm eager to show up to it because I am the narrator. And I set the rules, and I set the tone, and I set the pace, especially as I embrace my storytelling era. I want to discuss more about storytelling in the future within other podcast episodes, but for now, I think this is the moment to bring on Taylor, Taylor LaCour, who is our guest for today. Taylor is a passionate storyteller and copywriter. She runs the Idea Haven where she helps creative business owners one-on-one write effective sales copy, and it feels like poetry. She's providing people the confidence they need to be able to show up online and do what they do for their businesses, actually connect with people and get that engagement. So a lot of what we ended up discussing, Taylor and I, is through that passion, a lot about uh, her process on when she is engaging with her craft. And so something that I wanted to pose to you as you're thinking about this and you know, listening to Taylor is how are you engaging with your craft? How are you embodying the dualities and the intricacies of what makes you you as you step forward into the person that you are becoming, into, into the person who makes their own magic? If you want to start copywriting, amazing, then this is going to be an excellent model for you to start really thinking about rewiring your copywriting brain. But if you don't, just use this as kind of a thought provoker for reflecting on how you take on your identity and how you explore your story, the story that you're telling when you're practicing your sacred work. And with that, it's time to dive in with Taylor. Taylor, hello. Thank you so much for coming on to My Next Era. We've been talking (laughs) about you being on the show since before the show was even a show. (laughs) So it feels very Mm -hmm. fruitful. It feels fantastic to have you on here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is literally, this is a dream come true. I was saying to you (laughs) the last time we spoke that last year when I found, I happened upon magical realness, I happened upon croissant magic and your, essentially your website, I devoured your podcast (laughs) and I, I was so excited to be able to connect with you. So this is, as I said, this is truly a dream come true for me. (laughs) First off, I'm honored. (laughs) 
I'm absolutely honored. <laughs> what I really, really appreciate about you is the way that you move through the art of copywriting. I think a lot of people, and I'm saying this from personal experience from how I previously looked at it, but can kind of look at copywriting and think of it as this like super technical, structured, almost like compressive mm -hmm. writing format. And really, mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, it took me a long time to understand that copywriting is those magical newsletters you write. It's the captions you put in your Instagram. It's, you know, the way that you describe things, the way that you talk about your brand story, all of this magic that we put into what we do and how we describe what we do. And oh my gosh, now I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with storytelling marketing. But at any rate, what I really love <laughs> within your copywriting style is I think that you just organically, because of how intentional, like poetic, how thoughtful the way that you write and you move through it, um, it like, mm -hmm. I think encourages the artful perspective of copywriting and give, mm -hmm. I think you like give people the permission to write more artfully, mm -hmm. to write more within your soul, but do so in a way that still we're, we're still clearly identifying what we're talking about. We're still, mm -hmm. you know, giving mm -hmm. the information straight as it is. We're just giving a few different like sparkle emojis <laughs> through the process. Yes. And I, I really, really appreciate yes. your craft and being able to do both because it's not easy. And at least in my work, mm -hmm. it is the thing that I find my clients struggle with the most. They can either go really straight mm -hmm. or they can go super mm -hmm. hard with the sparkle emojis. Like there's no in-between mm -hmm. and you do mm -hmm. such a great job of yeah. embracing that in-between. Thank you so much. That that means so much to me. <laughs> um, and I feel like I have so many things as you were talking that I wanted to like touch on. But one thing in particular, balancing between that structure and having personality, having like, as you say, like kind of a little bit of sparkle into it. I feel like you're right. It is a really difficult balance. It might be changing a little bit more now that a lot of brands are focusing on the personal brand. Like 2024 feels like the year of the, the personal brand, but I think it's very easy for people. And sometimes myself included, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't take myself out of this, but sometimes myself included, I get stuck on the very very kind of sales structure of what we know copywriting, marketing, sales to be. And I, I can speak from the eye here, but when I get towards that, that focus, that is kind of where I really lose my North Star of what exactly my brand is, what my personal brand is. And really my personal brand is that softness. It is really that poetic nature. And I think one thing that you mentioned that I really, I kind of wanted to, to double click on was that idea of thinking about copywriting and sales, uh, or even just like, like marketing in general being compressed, because again, you kind of have to fit it into a mold or a structure based on who you're talking to, what they're going to focus on, or, or essentially what they're going to, to resonate with the most. But the, the, when you said compression, initially my automatic thought was that is the exact opposite of what I want because that makes me think of con like contraction. Mm -hmm. And so in my writing, I, or, or I guess even well in my writing, but I think also when I speak, like you can hear, I'm very, you know, I'm talking with my hands behind the screen, <laughs> like I'm very animated. 
I want that expansion to come through because that's when I'm embodied. And I think that is something I go based on feeling as opposed to structure and like limitation or rigidity sometimes. And when I'm writing that can kind of go, that can veer towards, I guess maybe the magical can veer towards the nonsensical sometimes, but I need to do that first and maybe reel myself back in a little bit because that makes me most embodied. And that kind of gets me out of that like limited structure. Mm. You know, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm realizing now, cause you, you're a projector in human design and yes, I feel yes. like the strongest copywriters that I am in the notes of are mm-hmm. projectors, which yeah. is really interesting. And then also looking mm-hmm. at um, something that we have discussed that I, I want to bring into this conversation is that you've been wanting to use your, your voice not just your typing, yeah. you know, you're typing with your <laughs> fingers voice, but your actual voice yes. for some time mm-hmm. now. My dear listeners, if you listen to the previous episode, then you would have listened to a lot about projectorness, uh, just listening to Tom Gage in the purposeful era. So Tom is also a projector, but I find that there's something about using the voice for projectors that can feel a little tricky. And I wonder if it's because of the sense of invitation do you feel like you have you have the ability to give yourself the invitation when you write, but whenever you want to use your voice, you feel like you're still waiting for the permission to take up that space? That's actually such a good question that I never really thought about because when you think about a projector, like of course, Michelle Pelazon Lipsitz, that was the first person that came to mind who's like prolific writer, also a projector. Mm-hmm. And with a projector, you're kind of acting as a mirror for other people. And I think in terms of giving myself permission, I would say with writing, I feel like there's there's a little bit more fluidity and maybe a little bit more just opportunity for me to, yeah, I, I guess it is permission. I guess it really is because now that I'm thinking about it in terms of speaking, I get so caught up and worried about my voice and worried about saying something wrong, I think I haven't really ever thought about whether or not I can give myself permission to actually just like speak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, it never really occurred to me. And I think that's just such a good question for me to also just like chew on and think about because I don't think I have really given myself permission. I've always felt like in terms of waiting for an invitation, maybe that invitation, like I'm thinking I'm not good enough or I'm not good enough to speak or I don't have all of my my words together enough to be eloquent um, at once. And, you know, for me, part of my process is I take a long time to write. That's the other thing too, is that when you're in a speaking role, you don't have too much time to think about what you're going to say. Whereas when I'm writing, there's really that opportunity also to delete, to scratch out, <laughs> to strike through. Um, and with with speaking, you don't really have that. And I think that can be, at least for me, quite a, uh, a barrier or, you know, something that makes me pretty anxious, essentially. So I think kind of going into this, I guess my permission has now, or what I'm kind of seeing as in giving myself invitation is that when I'm a little bit scared to do it, that's when I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, and like the theme, as you know, because I mean, I'm so honored you're, you're mm-hmm. an active listener of the show, is, you know, where are we giving <laughs> ourselves permission to take up space? 
where yes, are we waiting absolutely. for the invitation to take up space, yeah. regardless if you are a projector or not? We, I think, all are waiting for these invitations. Um, and also, yeah. when we're looking at the craft of not just telling a great story, but telling a great story for ourselves, where are we faulting mm -hmm. on? that permission? Where are we faulting on mm -hmm. us being able to take up that space, to be able to step into the person that we are becoming? Um, where is that sense of resistance that we have with actually moving forward? And I think it's also important when we're looking at this idea of, again, what story are we writing for ourselves? But I mean, this whole show is inspired about that big glow up. <laughs> you know, going through mm -hmm. and really becoming mm -hmm. yourself and, but doing so where you're, mm -hmm. you know, doing the clean girl aesthetic, but now we're turning that into mob wife aesthetic, you know, that's the hot new thing or, you know, <laughs> yes. it's always yes. changing, but you know, the yes. idea of kind of glowing up or figuring out how you are packaging yourself, not in the sense of necessarily mm -hmm. presenting mm -hmm. yourself to the world, but presenting yourself mm -hmm. to yourself, which again is really essentially yeah. the story by moving through the, I've been thinking about this a lot and why I've been so impassioned mm -hmm. around stepping into these different eras or, you know, moving through the globe, moving through all of these thoughts and all this journey is because you are actually telling a story. So, so every time I, let me move to the I, every time I do my Pilates practice, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a Pilates queen yet, but I've been working on my Pilates and I'm trying really hard to get it into my regimen. Would I say I'm a walking, I'm a walker? Would I definitely embrace that archetype? Totally, for sure, no problem. Got that down, Pat. Mm -hmm. But the Pilates, the more that I do the Pilates, mm -hmm. the more that I am proving that I am capable of becoming this person that mm -hmm. I am becoming because this person that I am becoming mm -hmm. does Pilates. Mm -hmm. Why does she do Pilates? Because I've just decided. <laughs> That's the story that I want to <laughs> tell and I've yeah. just decided it. Fabulous. And again, yeah. it's that relationship between permission, between what we are defining, that sense of purpose, that sense of identity. For me, I've been also thinking a lot about the glow up in terms of who I want to be not what TikTok creators or influencers or people on Instagram, wherever, on social media, what they say a glow up is. What's a glow up for me? And it's such an interesting question or just like idea about identity and storytelling for somebody who is a Gemini rising like myself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're a Libra, right? You're a Libra sun, right? I so am. I feel like like identity and showing up in, in ways, in different ways, is it's very fluid. I mean, Gemini is a mutable sign. You know, now a lot makes sense as to why I can't really n kind of nail down a certain identity, so to speak. Like I want to try things here and there. I want to try the... Um, you know, like the coquette era or like, I want to be able to have all of it. I want to be able to honor all aspects of my identity. I want to be able to honor my very multidimensional identity. And I think that is something really interesting in, especially in social media. Again, we're kind of, I think, veering towards this personal brand era, I guess yeah, you can say. Yeah. But I think too, when you think of social media, when you think of really kind of these, these platforms, like you were 
kind of being asked to be put in a box. Like you're literally being asked to put into physical constraints, I guess, like in frames. And that I think maybe as a metaphor, you can kind of see it as something that you are kind of being asked to to choose an identity. It doesn't necessarily matter what identity in, in certain timeframes. Because again, we're going through like different eras, I guess you can say, through social media. But I think it asks you to choose something at a certain time. And it's just, it's interesting to kind of see the way these eras mean in terms of identity. Like, are we just sort of putting it putting on this era because it's trendy, because we're exploring something different? Or are we really kind of grappling with these larger ideas of identity and what our identity is? And we're trying to kind of maybe fit it into a social media context. I don't know if all any of this even makes sense, but I'm just kind of the way that I'm sort of talking through this for myself. It's just interesting to think about how I want to show up, how I want to show my show up and share my story, which I find also changes any given day, mm-hmm. I will say, and sort of adapts any given day. Um, one thing that you touch on regarding the Pilates and just and choosing to be somebody who is good at Pilates or who just you know enjoys Pilates, I started a TikTok. Literally, I have one video on TikTok. I have never, I've never had TikTok. I've never even been on TikTok, but I just needed to basically do something that was completely out of the realm of what I normally do. And in part, to be able to share my voice, I created a TikTok where I was actually speaking. But what I really wanted to do is I wanted to share what I did every week to embody being the writer archetype. And that to me, again, like we're going into this idea of being an archetype of something or just kind of trying on this identity. And it's just sort of fascinating to sort of see the, I guess, essentially, I want to say almost like, at least for me, again, I'm speaking from the eye here, but a, a craving to be able to explore these different facets or parts of myself as opposed to putting myself into one particular identity even if I have a main overarching story, I don't want that to feel limiting. Yeah, that's just, that's something that I'm really, I'm really grappling with now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a Gemini rising, but I am a Gemini moon actually. So, and with the moon mm. having so much within your communication, <laughs> I do, you know, I do yes. really find that fluidity and I think not even just fluidity, but the duality yeah. between when it comes yes. within my yes. communication styles and the way that I, am able to move through socially and whatever spaces. But something that you brought up that I thought was really interesting and, you know, as, as you know, Taylor, I am obsessed with the idea and the concept of clearing out the noise and getting away from the noise mm-hmm. and how much of the noise is impacting the story that you are writing for yourself, the story that you are telling yourself, whether that's through like me in the mornings, I actually do a couple different things. I have a self-concept script that I've made a list. I do it every month now. I make a new one. I think about you know what it is that I'm working on, what it is that I'm calling in, all those things. And I write all these different affirmations about myself. I record it. This is something I talked about in the, or the manifestation era. But anywho, I record it. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to it most mornings. But then I also will start my day. I have a, right now, I think I have maybe 12 different TikToks and I watch them every morning and I'll watch them on a loop because they help tell me the story 
that I am writing, that I am creating, that I am putting into my subconscious. You know, affirmation work can be really, really empowering. For me, though, just writing down an affirmation over and over or telling it to myself doesn't always hit. You have to figure out what works for your unique brain thought pattern, whatever that is. And maybe that's because, you know, Taylor, we're both have some Gemini's <laughs> in our chart or whatever that is. But yeah, I all of these different elements of those affirmations and then, you know, with the glow up and the way that we're practicing the glow up, the way that we are doing these things because we're proving to ourselves, we're creating the data to say, yes, you are this person. I am this person. Okay. But what you brought up mm -hmm. is something that just kind of blew my mind while you were talking in that I think <laughs> that the impact of social media especially Instagram or spaces like that. Who am I within those squares? Who am I within a TikTok mm -hmm. feed? Who am I within these mm -hmm. recordings? I will be a Pilates queen when I can do those elegant, amazing Pilates stretches on a reformer, you know, or whatever it is. Like, you know, that's when I'm a Pilates queen or, you know, and I do, I, I personally, I imagine myself capturing, documenting who I am. And I, I never knew it, but I do imagine, this is how I imagine it. And I imagine it within that square. I imagine yeah. myself not just collecting data for myself, but collecting data to document within the Instagram squares. And how mm -hmm. valuable is that? How valuable is it to document within the squares is that the like is that the only way that we can believe it? Is that where the noise comes in? Is that why comparison hits us so hard? Is that why it's so difficult to write our story or to believe in our story? Because this idea of the personal brand that you've bring bringing up, it's making me think now, is the personal brand for other people? Is it for our business? Is it for our adventures? Is it for the creative misfits and the rebellious dreamers? Or is it really just us documenting the data? And unless we have the data, then we're not going to believe it. Is that what we've decided? <sighs> it's actually so interesting to bring that up because the idea of the personal brand, I feel like even as I started this TikTok and I started it kind of as a, a challenge for myself because I wanted to embody the, this, be the writer archetype, essentially the writer archetype for the next 12 weeks. But as I'm even just recording myself and, you know, recording myself writing, recording myself doing the thing, being the writer, sometimes I wonder, what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? Am I doing this for myself to prove that I am the writer? Like, what is the point? I guess it's almost like I'm very much in this phase of a lot of questions, a lot of sort of pivoting with my process and doing, you know, just really kind of, I guess, reflecting on what I'm doing. And you mentioning this sort of documentation or kind of data building or data gathering, I guess, it kind of made me think about something that as I've been writing, as I've been sort of pivoting in different things, who am I doing it for in terms of showing myself as a writer 
on social media. And I think there's a fine line or maybe there's this kind of dissonance that can happen when you're so focused on showing yourself of appearing as this person on social media. And then in the background, are you embodying it in real life? I guess it's kind of like, where is this embodiment Mm. coming from? Is it something that is you're doing it to show up to prove it to yourself? Or do you actually believe it? And you know, I'm not I'm certainly not a mind mindset coach by any means. But it's just these little these little questions that I'm and reflections that I'm asking myself when I'm creating a TikTok about being the writer, who is it for? Am I being a mirror? I think part of it too is that like I want to show myself that I am the writer, but I think there is a part of me that thankfully believes that I am the writer. But I think for that challenge, maybe I also want to show somebody who doesn't feel like they can write that if they just try it, if they just kind of, you know, start writing and see where, where they go, like they can be the writer too. So I don't, I don't know if I even have an answer. It's just kind of, it's something that I think I'm grappling with Mm -hmm. when it comes to showing up online, especially as somebody who really never used to show up online, like, you know, as a face essentially. And I think I'm still grappling with that as well. Grappling with kind of who I am online, like being myself on the internet is not, how different is it for me when I'm off camera, I'm off screen, I'm I'm not writing. And also, is there a difference between me writing and me showing up in person? I don't know. There's just, there's so many questions that I have. Like I don't have many answers. I feel like, I feel like they're mostly questions. Well, fortunately, this is the podcast for asking questions and for not having <laughs> yes. answers. We don't have to have answers here. Perfect. You know, I was talking to a friend once about, he was very concerned about the idea of meeting everyone, you know, because we are, I'm in these Discord servers, which means that you're connected to a lot of different people internationally. You know, you and I have never Mm -hmm. met in person. We are only connected through the digital Mm -hmm. spheres. So many people now, that's, that's, that's how we are connected now, which is so magical and, and so fantastic. But yeah, he was talking about how he was nervous, the idea of people meeting him in real life, because he doesn't think that he's like as funny or as quick, or I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in his brain, but mm-hmm. he just, he didn't feel as confident. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. but why do you, do you assume that everyone is the same way that they use their typing fingers? Like, do you assume that everyone is the exact same way that they're able to be on this podcast? Am I the same on this show as I am in outer life? Okay. Yeah, that's true. But (laughs) I would say that I'm the same either way, (laughs) but some people aren't. Some people need to put on like a persona to be able to use the microphone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally valid. I think, you know, the way that you are able to show up in whatever capacity is great. And whether that is in real life through typing as, as you know, Taylor, because you're a writer, you're a writer. So the way that you Mm. move through your work and your craft, and we've just been, that's what we've been talking about is it's going to feel different and that's okay. I think it's fine to embody things, but to be consciously aware of what you are embodying about yourself, because then again, that gets into the story that you are telling and the story that you are presenting. And I think people get really turned off by being shown stories that are artificial. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people worry about maybe my friend. I'm thinking out loud. Maybe he's concerned about showing up in a consistent way. Okay. If that's the situation, what would be inconsistent is for him to show up in a way that's inauthentic, in a way that is um, what he thinks is perfect, what he thinks is ideal, what he thinks will serve everybody else. But what's consistent is if he's himself in the digital spheres 
And if he's himself in real life, even if those may be slightly different personality traits, as long as that's authentically him and the person that he wants to become and the person that he wants to be in these spaces, then that is consistent. Then that is enough. Mm -hmm. And I, going back to this idea of permission that we were talking about, I don't think that we allow ourselves to have the permission. And I think too, also, Mm -hmm. it's very easy once you've been given permission to then deny it, to then reject it, to be like, oh yeah, it's something I could do. Because first and foremost, you've got to give that permission to yourself. So then this, again, this glow up cycle, (laughs) it's just, I feel like it's, I feel like it's so necessary and yet it's a trap. Because again, you're collecting data and then you're documenting data, but you're showing it for past you. So that way other people who are like you can know that it's possible, but also you're telling yourself that it's possible. You're telling yourself that you have made it and you're in, it's, ah, it's, it's messy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's messy. That is actually, (laughs) yes. Okay. So that's actually so funny. I'm really glad that you said messy because I literally just wrote down in my notebook. I was like messy because when you think about, and this is kind of going back to social media, I mean, it's mostly social media, but I'm just thinking really in any capacity where you're kind of showing up online, you kind of feel, and again, with a personal brand, it's starting to get a lot looser. It's, I think it's starting to feel a little bit more authentic. Again, what is authentic also? Like that's a, a whole other conversation too. But I think when you think about that story, whatever it is, you think it has to be wrapped up in a a bow. You know, it has to be a perfect bow. It has to be a perfect trajectory, something that everybody is going to understand. And one thing that I'm learning on the side, I also do pottery. Like I also, I'm learning to essentially create ceramics. Gorgeous. And it has been the most humbling experience, like humbling experience because it's so messy. And I funnily enough, have found so many parallels between writing, between showing up and sharing. And and by sharing, I essentially mean kind of marketing, copywriting, like any of those, you know, sharing your work, anything like that, and learning how to make something out of mud. (laughs) Like there is, there is so many parallels between the two. And the main through line, I guess, is the fact that it's so messy. And that doesn't mean it's inauthentic. That doesn't mean it's something that's not palatable, I guess, for somebody. Mm -hmm. I think that's something very important to me as I'm kind of even myself, I'm I'm experimenting with personal brand. I'm certainly not an expert. I am experimenting with what works, what doesn't, how I want to show up. And I found so many questions about, or I've come across, I should say, so many questions about myself, my identity, how I want to present myself. And what I'm learning is I, I just, I can't, I can't always have it wrapped up in, you know, perfectly and, and tied with a bow. It's just, it's not possible for me to do that. And that doesn't mean it's, you know, antithetical by any means to being uh, authentic or palatable for, for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought when, when you had mentioned messy, it's very much like it is messy. It's messy. It's messy. It's messy on screen or, or even just like in the digital realm, because it's also messy in, in life, like life imitates art, imitates life kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So now I'm curious when coming to this mess, Mm-hmm. And with you, you know, being a copywriter yeah. and, you know, you're always, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but you're always writing a story. 
right? And in whatever you do, mm-hmm. literally your work mm-hmm. is to write stories. They may be <laughs> yeah. really short stories, like crazy short stories. Mm-hmm. They may be a caption long, mm-hmm. but you're always writing mm-hmm. stories. So with this idea of messiness and the writing and your process, how are you, how do you navigate that within the stories that you tell? I would say in terms of when I get into storytelling, a lot of the time my process is really thinking about that ideal client or customer, really just what they're going through so that I can write in order to empathize with them. And I think that's kind of where my storytelling comes in. And it is really an art. Like there is, I did, I actually made a freebie guide for individuals who are, you know, who want to make a living doing what they're, what they love, who want to be able to make a living being an artist and also who just want to build connections with other people with, with their, whether it's their clients, a community, and it is an art. And so with that freebie, I've kind of broken down all the different steps that I take that I use every single time I write to get better at writing, get better at being able to make connections with people. And on the whole, it will always come back to being empathetic with whoever you're talking to. Another another principle is just talking to that one person, not really thinking about the masses of people, but really kind of having that one person in your mind's eye and thinking about what exactly they need to hear in that moment and, and how you can best tell that story to them. Because at the end of the day, whether it's a sales page, whether it's a, uh, a social media caption, everything that you say to them And again, I'm talking a little bit more in kind of the copywriting realm, but everything that you're really saying to them, you're kind of, you know, you're teaching them more about themselves. You're teaching them more about who they are um, and what they're going through, something that they may not have thought of. Maybe they're so entrenched in it and and you're kind of bringing that out. You're you're teaching them about themselves. Mm. So that's – yeah, that that's certainly that's a it's it's a process for for sure and it really is kind of an art. But I will say it's an art – that you can absolutely learn. And that is something that I love to get across to people because so many people have been told that they're not good writers. And that breaks my heart because I think writing is a hard skill that you can you can hone and, and you can develop those skills to be able to connect more with people. So that's kind of, that's sort of my soapbox, but um, <laughs> I will say that's, that's a very big part of my, my process and just sort of how I, how I approach writing. And that's called the the art of storytelling 101, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the art of storytelling 101. So I'll have that linked in the in the show notes. Okay, so with that with the empathy, do you find that the empathy is that messiness when you when you lean down into the empathy, that's when you lean down into the messiness or do you feel like you need to have empathy for yourself when it comes to this art of storytelling and also the person in front of you? Yeah, I think it's it certainly helps being able to have empathy for yourself because you are also able to one, understand what empathy is and two, understand how to essentially extend it to another person. Once you're able to do that, you can kind of see yourself sitting, essentially, you know, there's a beautiful Brene Brown video um, that pretty much talks about empathy versus sympathy. And empathy is really being able to sit down beside a person and say, I'm going to sit with you in this. And I'm going to understand to the best of my knowledge, what's going on, where you are. And I think it certainly helps being able to have empathy for yourself to be able to access that depth, to be able to access that me- messiness. And I do think it is messy. 
that's something about writing even just like a sales page, for instance, it's not for the faint of heart. Like it is <laughs> writing a sales page or writing writing anything where you have to get past the surface level. And that's something that I'm noticing when I'm writing copy as I'm working on my website or I'm, you know, just writing even a Substack. As I'm writing, I need to get beneath the surface. I need to go one or two levels deeper than really that surface level. And that in and of itself is messy, but there's so much gold there. And so that's kind of where I think a lot of people resist and are hesitant towards it simply because it's scary. It's vulnerable for you and for the other person, for whoever, for the reader, whoever you're, you know, you're writing about, because chances are sometimes that reader could have been you in the past, right? You're kind of speaking to yourself as you are also speaking to another person, because that may be part of your story or a chapter in your story. So it's messy, but I'm, I'm learning to embrace the mess. I'm learning to at least indulge it and try to try to navigate it um, with as much grace as possible, but also a lot of compassion too. When you're, when you're thinking, because you mentioned before the archetype, you're, right now you said you're choosing the writer archetype. So even within your creative process, you're identifying who you are. You're identifying the person that you are becoming, the person that you are showcasing, the person that you are mm, demonstrating the data of, right? Even mm-hmm. when you're going through within mm-hmm. these smaller creative processes. And I, I really love that you're the writer whenever you're in your business space, but you as yourself, you identify as the poet, which feels both like that Gemini nature that we've been talking about, that mirror nature Mm -hmm. also as well as being a projector, Mm -hmm. but the the duality between the two, because even though you could say a poet is a type of writer within these spaces, I think that they live and breathe and they exist differently. A a poet does Mm -hmm. not think the same way a writer thinks. Mm -hmm. And a writer can think like a poet does, but I don't think it, I don't think it's so clean. And I really like too, that it feels like it's a bridge towards each other versus you're an acrobat (laughs) and you're the hierophant. Like, you know, those are sure Mm -hmm. you could be both, but that bridge isn't as Mm -hmm maybe nurturing or easeful or graceful or mm-hmm. empathetic as you're moving through the mess mm-hmm. of continuing to choose the person that you are becoming, the story that you're telling yourself and moving on in this <laughs> this journey of, okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually so interesting too because the the term bridge always – kind of makes me stop and think because again, going back to my Gemini rising, I believe part of my mm, purpose, I guess live purposefully, but part of my intention, part of my story is to actually bridge to disparate or seemingly disparate things together. And so one way an astrologer spoke to me about this was to actually, I, I kind of came here essentially to bridge you know, bridge between heaven and earth or like really bridge two different things to kind of transmit, being able to translate two different disparate things. And so one thing that I find is very interesting, you mentioned the the kind of the difference between that writer and poet. And I have to give a friend of mine, a fellow creative, Phoebe Taylor, a lot of, uh, a lot of props for this because really without her, I would not have really been able to kind of mm, reclaim that title of poet 
it, you know, we had a conversation and it was essentially, why can you not, why can't you be both? Why can't you be that writer and that poet? And, and also, but, and also how do you meld the two together? And that's something that I, in my work, I think I'm trying to also do. I'm also trying to see there is a, a is the ability for somebody who thinks in poetic terms, not exclusively again in like free verse or in rhymed verse. How can they? How can I be that and and also be a copywriter? I think there's something actually really beautiful to see the connection of the two of them together because at the end of the day for me poetry is just being able to make somebody feel something. And isn't that the same? so to speak, when it comes to copywriting, like that really is to me very similar. And so I feel like there's a part of me that is bridging that gap where I am kind of trying to make the gap between writer and poet smaller. And I'm bringing in that poetics into my my business really in a way that's also, you know, not entirely whimsical where somebody can't understand it and it's unintelligible for somebody. So I'm, you know, I'm grappling with, again, this duality and also figuring out too how to kind of bring them together and sort of bring that that poetry into into my storytelling into again again into the mess into empathy gorgeous gorgeous um <laughs> taylor this has been such a fantastic conversation i think if anything what we really demonstrated is the ability of moving through story within yes we've been using copywriting as <laughs> the framing but i think you know <laughs> how are we navigating the way that we are presenting ourselves to not just the world but to ourselves the way that we dive into our craft the way that we embrace the person that we are becoming when we're doing our pilates or when we are just showing up for the work day <laughs> yeah. or showing up to our creative pursuits mm-hmm. or again whatever it is within this glow up era that allows us to really be who it is that we are becoming. Thank you so much for your rich ideas and journeying through me and just kind of, you know, playing around with me in this idea of how do we really navigate the storytelling era within ourselves and what does that look like? Thank you so much for having me. It's literally the the biggest pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. So thank you so much for listening to me, listening to me ramble. I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Thank you again to Taylor for being on the show and just diving in with me and exploring what it means to really look at writing our story within kind of our identities and also with kind of that fun element of a process with a creative element of, you know, for storytelling, for copywriting. That was such a kind and compassionate and lovely conversation that we had. And I also want to thank you, dear listeners, for listening, for being a part of this, for joining in as kind of this big moment for me, at least, where again, you know, I've reached that six month mark and looking at, you know, what is this new story that I'm telling myself? That's something that I want to start sharing with you soon at this time and in this space. I am doing a lot of reflection and that's why I didn't get into a specific story that I'm telling you right now. Actually, a lot of the story that I'm telling myself right now has to do with 
what I'm talking about on this show, exploring identity, exploring what is enough, exploring what it looks like for me to get over to the UK and have this experience and write this novel and be the amazing business strategist that I am, all of these wonderful sides about myself that I am becoming and embracing this single lady, right? (laughs) All of these areas and parts make up my story, but I'm still looking at how exactly they make up my story and exactly who I am becoming. It's something that I'm feeling, but I haven't been able to fully articulate yet. So, so much of what I am writing about myself is what's being explored on this show. And it is a honor to have you, dear listeners, tune into that, be present for that, and join me on this journey. As you know, as I share things about myself, my intention is to be vulnerable so that way we're being vulnerable together. That what I share is actually I'm talking about your story as well through my lens. But if you want to dive in and if you want to tell me a little bit about your story or your storytelling era, please send me a cheeky voice note that is linked down below in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. I could even potentially be featuring it on the podcast. I know I mentioned this before, but if you haven't downloaded the resistance audit, what are you doing? It's free. It helps you write and define exactly who it is that you are becoming. Define what you are resisting so you can move and push back those blocks and really bring in those manifestations, that perfect merging of that like Delulu and facing facts that we were talking about earlier before. It's just chef's kiss and will really help you figure out what exactly it is that you need to move past to step into the person that you are becoming. So if you haven't gotten that free resistance audit, you should scroll down, sign up and start today. Thank you again for listening. If you've been tuning in and you haven't left me a cheeky five-star review yet, what are you doing, baby? Let's fall in love. And until next time, my friends, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk to you then. Yeah? Amazing. Brilliant. Bye. (laughs) 